The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here on Winning Ponies again. I uh, hope you had a great weekend and uh, hope you're looking forward to this weekend and uh, Hanukkah or Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever exactly it is uh, that uh, your family likes to celebrate. We wish you nothing but the best, but you know that gives you a little bit of downtime. So uh, with that downtime, there's a chance to sneak out of the house and maybe uh, get to uh, <laughs> your favorite place of betting. Well, uh, we're going to be doing the show a little bit in reverse today uh, because uh, Jeremy Balin, who's the Blood Horses uh, correspondent out on the West Coast and assistant editor, uh, has been covering the fires in San Luis Rey, and it's uh, really been uh, just an amazing tragedy uh, between the loss of lives, uh, the loss of uh, both both human and equine, uh, some of the people that are in the hospital, uh, it, it just was an amazing tragedy what's been going on. Sure, uh, if you've watched the news, you've seen the fires still raging out there in uh, California. But Jeremy's had the uh, the task of covering it all week long, so he's probably a little bit tired. Either way, he might be driving home. So uh, I was going to have him on at the top of the show. Instead, he's going to come in in the second segment. In the first segment, uh, we're going to have my man Les Instone with me. Uh, of course, uh, Les, for many years, uh, was based out of Lexington. He was a uh, handicapper a lot at uh, Keeneland, where he would go uh, most uh, weekends before the races and do handicapping seminars. And he's going to be doing a handicapping seminar down at Tampa Bay Downs because he kind of retired, but he didn't retire from handicapping horses. So uh, this is going to be, I believe they call it Cotillion Day, and it's really big for the Florida thoroughbred breeders and owners. And uh, so going to be a lot of Florida bred races down there. We're going to key in on the top two, and uh, they are carrying a purse of $125,000. The first is the City of Ocala, Florida Sire. Seven furlongs is the distance, and this one is for three-year-old fillies. And then the second race, the three-year-old Colts and Geldings, is the Marion County, Florida Sire Stakes. So we will be checking in with less on that. But uh, also, we uh, did find a couple graded stakes races that are down in, in Florida. And uh, Les was happy to switch gears from Tampa and go over to Gulfstream. And uh, the uh, 33rd running of the My Charmer will be contested at Gulfstream Park. Now, that's going to go at a mile and a turf. Uh, from what I understand, the uh, weather's uh, pretty nice down there, so hopefully we'll, we'll be going on the green. And then a race named after an Ohio bred, Harlan's Holiday. That's a mile and a 16th for the boys. So Les Instone will be our guest handicapper, and Jeremy Balin will be helping us out with the uh, – 
reports from San Luis Rey, uh, just an unbelievable uh, uh, tragedy. So uh, last week, we were looking at restricted races. Uh, this week, they'll be down in Florida. Uh, last week, they were in Maryland, and our good friend Tom Lamara, who I got a Christmas card from today, though I really think his wife sent it, uh, took us to Laurel Park. He now lives in Laurel, Maryland. So let's go back and look at those races uh, that, that we did, in fact, uh, uh, look at last week. Uh, the first was the Maryland Juvenile Futurity. And when was the last time you saw a curlin pay $45.80 coming out of a stakes win, no less? So Whirlin Curlin definitely got <laughs> overlooked uh, at at, uh, at Laurel Park last week, paid forty five eighty. Just a beautifully uh, paced race. Was fifth, third, second. Got up by a neck over still having fun. And in the third spot was the uh, odds on favorite, Clever Mind, uh, trained by Graham Motion and ridden by Edgar Prado. So didn't get the job done, though. Prado would get a win on the day in the uh, Willa on the Move. Uh, the winner was Ms. Locust Point. Ms. Locust Point wired a wire. Now, again, they only had one start off, a layoff, as you may recall, and uh, one by two and three-quarters lengths was the slight favorite over the seven, who was Ivy Bell. Ivy Bell did run second, got a bad start. Uh, Brian Hernandez in the saddle for Bill Denzig, as you may recall, uh, our uh, uh, conversation last week that uh, Bill actually used to train horses for Tom Lamar, and I saw one of them uh, set a track record at River Downs back in the day. So uh, that race, again, uh, won by Ms. Locus Point, a John Service trainee. Then we went on to the seventh race, the Maryland Juvenile Philly Championship, and uh, the winner in here, ridden by Edgar Prado, was limited view, wire to wire, and a hand ride by six lengths. In the second spot was deep red at 31 to 1. Hope you had the exacta. And third at 7 to 1 was Vente to go. Then in the eighth race, the Howard Bender Memorial, uh, the winner in there was a horse by the name of Struth. Jose Vargas Jr. got deputized. He wasn't supposed to ride, but he did. Easily won, took over after a quarter, and led by four and a quarter at the wire. In the second spot was Tom's pick, Lewis Field. And finishing third was Win Place or Show Ono. That was the Howard M. Bender Memorial at Laurel. Uh, we're looking at like i said we're going to be looking at the, the tampa races and as luck would have it i uh, have my computer jammed up on me here today so let's uh see if i can't pull some of this down for you um when it rains it pours uh again uh might want to give some of you folks an, an update um our friend ed meyer is uh still hospitalized i've visited him a couple times uh but he has he has done very very well his spirits are high and uh he appreciates uh the well wishes and the prayers uh from everybody out there so um again for those of you that are sending some uh, good good vibes uh ed's way greatly appreciated that i can that i can tell you um 
Also, let's see. Let's take a look at some. We've had so many stallion sales. Um, we're looking at some of the the, the 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 top horses at the top end at these sales. These are all horses that stand for over a hundred thousand dollars. And uh, as far as their fees are concerned, American Pharaoh. I'm trying to figure this out. His fee is actually private, so I don't know what that means. Uh, so he he. Who knows what he's what he's what he's bringing? But uh, I'm sure that uh, it, it's a hefty sum. Uh, in the uh, uh, Bernardini standing for 150 thousand at 300 thousand, it's Tappet, and Warfront stands for three quarters of a million dollars. So uh, no, I'm sorry for 350 thousand dollars. Hey. <laughs> How about this? It looks like my computer's back on, so I'll be able to catch us up on some of the some of the news that uh, we we pulled down last week. And can I or can I? Yeah, it's slow. I think Alexander Graham Bell uh, put mine together. Also, want to remind you, come on over to uh, winningponies.com and pull down your easy win forms because uh, this is going to be a big weekend. Also at the fairgrounds. Uh, they've got a slew of good races at the fairgrounds, so you might want to check out the easy win forms. Once again, had some big-time races uh, come up, some big prices this week, and uh, I hope you had a chance to watch some of Gulfstream. My friend Pete Aiello, who's been on the show, did a great job calling the Caribbean Cup, and uh, I read Ortiz got named Jockey of the Week for his performance down there at Gulfstream Park. In addition to his stakes wins, Ortiz topped the standings among all North American jockeys by total earnings with 696000 plus. Not bad at all. And here's some interesting jockey news, and it's kind of a whew, sigh of relief. Uh, it's time to have Cisco Tories is retiring in the wake of his fourth broken neck. Now, his first broken neck came in 91. Uh, he now retires with 3,194 uh, victories, a purse earnings of 68,844. And uh, he's looking forward now to seeing his children, seeing his grandchildren. And it looks like uh, he will also uh, be looking forward to a, uh, a career as uh, a jockey agent. Now, I hope you got a chance. <laughs> I was up at one in the morning on Saturday night uh, w- watching the races from Hong Kong and making the final start of his globetrotting career. Highland Reel turned the tables on the Breeders' Cup turf winner Talismatic in the Hong Kong vase. That's a grade one by one and three-quarter lengths. He pretty much dominated throughout. Uh, Highland Reel now will go to stud as the winner of 10 of 27 lifetime starts Seven of those victories were in group or grade one races. Uh, He won this race back in 2015. So, you know, just what a hard knocker, of course, trained by the champion uh, trainer, Aiden O'Brien. And uh, he's a son of Galileo, who's been pretty much the northern dancer of Europe. So uh, congratulations to uh, to Highland Reel and uh, the way he is going out in his career. Uh, it was really great. It was kind of fun staying up that late watching races. So uh, uh, that was the, the report from Shot. 
10 over there. Now I got something else popping up on my screen from Skype. Oh, this has been quite the interesting night, ladies and gentlemen, because all this information, I don't like to print it all out because that gets a little tedious. But it uh, looks like uh, we've got uh, Les Instone coming up here. So oh, now we're back to the script. Thank you very much. And let's see if it'll work. Uh, come on, baby. Come on. There we go. We got ads popping up. We got all kinds of stuff going up. Don't know what is going on here, folks. Uh, and everything just disappeared. So, uh, no, and now it's back. <laughs> this is insane. This is just insane. Let's see if we can pull this down. We had some great stories this week. Obviously, we're going to get to the handicapping section here in a minute or so. But, uh, it's uh, it just not working for me here. Here we go. Um, but again, I hope you got to watch those races with all those uh, great South American horses at Gulfstream Park over the weekend. Uh, they had Triple Crown winners, Derby winners from different countries down there. And Pete Aiello just did a sensational job in his uh, pronunciation of all of the jockeys and the trainers, most of which I would not have been able to get my tongue around. But uh, so that happened at uh, Gulfstream, and of course, the the Pegasus is coming up, and Gunrunner is uh, working at, at the fairgrounds, and uh, he is just doing sensational in the mornings. Steve Asmussen just going real easy with him, not you know doing anything too heavy, but uh, bring him along. And this is the, you know this is the way he does his training pattern. He really doesn't uh, you know wind him up until it, it, it's time to go to the races. So uh, happy to see that Gunrunner is doing well. Well, it looks like uh, I stumbled through this first portion of the show <laughs> pretty good. Of course, now that I have my script in front of me, it's a lot easier. So uh, looks like we're down to break time. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with less in stone. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me now, an old friend from the Lexington area that is now sunning himself down in beautiful Florida. I believe the Clearwater area, but he's not very far uh, from uh, uh, Tampa Bay Downs, which is one of my favorite little tracks. Uh, uh, Lesson Stone's done a lot of things uh, in, in the game of racing, but as I told you, I used to go down a little early on Saturdays and uh, uh, there'd be less in the paddock at Keeneland uh, talking things up. And Les Instone, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're going to be talking things up on Cotillion Festival Day, I believe they're calling it, at Tampa Bay Downs. That's what they call it, and it's two new uh, stakes races, and I'm looking forward to it Saturday. Oh, is that right? Are the are the $125,000 races new or some of the other ones that are on the card? The 125000 are new. Oh, yeah, look at uh, that, the first I don't know if the other two are. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, Cotillion Day it is, Les. Well, uh, how you been doing since you moved from uh, the blue grass uh, down to the blue waters of Florida? I never want to see another snowflake for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, don't look out my window. <laughs> Funny, I was yeah, in we- Chicago over Thanksgiving, but luckily it was nice weather there. But I'm not going north again till April. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you, you, I know you are going to have some other steaks down there. Yep. Uh, you got you got the Sandpiper steak, and now that's been around. I remember hearing the Sandpiper. Now you got the inaugural steak also on the card. So just want to give people a heads up that uh, are going to be, you know, at a track or a betting parlor uh, this uh, week that there's going to be plenty of action uh, with you, and there's going to be action uh, with. Uh, uh, the fairgrounds has quite a bit of action, and uh, Gulfstream Park, which we'll touch on a little bit later. How did they get a hold of you, uh, Les, to see if you'd help out with the uh, handicapping seminar? Well, they saw me hanging around with a little cup in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Selling pencils? <laughs> well, actually, I'm twice as far as I was from my home to Keeneland. It took me 10 minutes to get there, but it takes me 20 minutes to get to Tampa Bay Downs. I think you'll survive. I think you'll survive. I think I will. <laughs> just fine. Um, well, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, it, it's, uh, I believe Andy Byer about a year ago declared it his favorite track to bat. Uh, full really? fields, generally good weather. Uh, they do use the turf course. They're not shy about using the turf course at all. And I just love it. It really has a, a quaintness to us. Uh, of a, the, the, the track's that I like are, are that size. I mean, I'm not saying I don't enjoy Keeneland or, you know, Derby and Oaks Day or, you know, some of the bigger venues. But uh, I, I like a track that gives you a big comfort zone, and, and Tampa uh, Bay Downs really does. And a couple of trainers I've talked to says it's a great track to train on to get ready for next year. Oh, really? Well, I am noticing that some of their three-year-old races uh, that we'll be seeing in 2008, that they've been drawing more and more of the big guns over from um, 
Gulfstream Park to do some of the preps there. You start seeing Pletcher up there and Graham Motion and guys like that. That's right. And uh, good riders, too, coming up from Gulfstream. Uh, but the trainers, uh, even this weekend, are uh, top-notch trainers. Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, now, something I wanted to ask you, because I, I had Tom Lamar on last week. I know you know Tom. And oh, we yeah. did the Restricted uh, Maryland program uh, at Laurel. And uh, some of these races, uh, they say, you know, Ocala, Florida, Sire Series. But, so, uh, I'm trying to figure out... Uh, so, if if you're even bred by a Florida stallion and you stay up with your stakes eligibility, you're eligible for these races. But as I look through them, these are all Florida breds. These are, but uh, for the Florida bred program, you can be sired by a Florida stallion. As long as the stallion is here all year, you're eligible. If you fall in Kentucky or Maryland or Virginia or wherever you do. I love it. I, I, I think that's a great concept. Because you know, no he can draw horses in. either. <laughs> right, like some states I know. So, uh, right. but but it's good because that way you can still be eligible for your own state bred program. You know, like uh, you know, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, right. whatever. As long as the horse was foaled there. But it's kind of neat that if you're by a Florida sire, you're eligible for these races. So, yep. uh, and that's good money, especially the two-year-old year. Yes, yes. Uh, so listen, let's let's move on a little bit. You, you told me we got good weather report. I'm glad to hear that. Both the races we're going to look at are going to be seven furlongs in this first segment. So let's go with the City of Ocala, Florida Sire race. Uh, I kind of got this down to two horses. Um, this Katinka, I think, is the value. But boy, if you throw out the graded stakes races of our angel Caitlin who absolutely relishes the distance, loves Tampa, has never finished off the board, has three wins from four starts. Uh, definitely, I, I got a feeling this horse could easily go off as odds on, but I'm just looking for value. And at 6-1, to one, this Katinka kind of caught my eye. Uh, it might get ignored because it's primarily been racing on the turf. That's correct. And uh did race on the dirt at uh, Gulfstream earlier this year and at the end of the last year, but uh, that's not her uh, forte, let's say. No, no, but I think if, uh, you know, because you got to find somebody to put in with our angel, Caitlin, because uh, do you agree with me? I mean, uh, yeah. that she's probably got, you know, the, the class edge, you know, on these races when you go down. Now, she hasn't, she's raced primarily against Phillies, but she really hasn't been racing in just, uh, you know, state-restricted races, though. Last year, she did win the Juvenile Philly Sprint, uh, and that was restricted. And uh, and then also, when she ran against her own kind, she won the sophomore Phillies uh, back in April. Uh, but the rest of her races were shall I say, open races, even though they were in Florida. But it really, if you just put a line through uh, the Charlestown Oaks and the Miss Preakness, uh, she's got one hell of a record. She does. And, uh, you know, when you win three out of four at this track, you know, a horse I believe in horses for courses, and this is one. Absolutely. So would you say, Mr. Les Instone, that this is uh, – <laughs> This is this is the play. This is the play. Uh, 
I'm going to go with Stormy Embrace for my second choice. Mm-hmm. And my long shot, or he's five, she's five to one. Keep your head up, number one. That's going to be my trifecta. All right, you heard it from the, the handicapper's mouth. We got about <laughs> uh, three more uh, minutes to get to race three, uh, which is the Marion County, Florida Sire. And uh, this one's going to be featuring the boys. And uh, I came up with two horses in here. Uh, one, because of it's had some, uh, you know, back class and a recent uh, uh, best buyer, but that was in July. So I l- really like three rules, but the layoff scares me. And then that's kind of pushing my eye down towards the rail to mow cash. Uh, but I do see that when these uh, two horses met a while back in the carryback stakes at Gulfstream, the three rules got the better of Mo Cash. Uh, am I headed in the right direction with these two? By Justin Neck, and uh, Mo Cash really had the lead. So uh, three rules had to catch her, or catch him, I should say. But uh, I like three rules. I don't think uh, three rules is going to lose tomorrow or Saturday. Okay, three rules again. Back class, the horse really was something else uh, back last year when it was a two-year-old. It was just reeling off uh, stakes wins in Florida, uh, left and right. But like I said, has been away from the races since July. But since then, I see two bullet works at Gulfstream. So we'll see how Jose Pynchon does uh, coming off the layoff because it's not really his forte. From 15 starts with horses racing off 61 to 180 days, he's over 15. That scares me a little bit. But That would scare you. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, his, his, uh, his uh, percentage for horses that won their last start is through the roof. It's at 32. But when the last start was July 1st, I don't think that that counts anymore between you and me. Right. So, uh, and one thing to note in the sire stakes, this is a first, I think, that they're running three-year-olds into the sire stakes program. So these two races are brand new for uh, the Florida thoroughbred breeders. That's right. Well, you did state that it was, uh, you know, first uh, uh, inaugural races for both of them. So it'll be very interesting, and I think I'm glad you're going to catch a nice day down there. Uh, if you go to the clubhouse, go in there and ask for uh, Dr. Engelhart. My brother Joe, I'm sure, will be down there. So uh, look him up. And, hey, he loves to get touted, and he'll take it from you anytime, Les in stone. Well, listen, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies. we got Les Instone with us, who's down there in Florida, but... He knows how to handicap, period, so we're going to go a little bit farther south and hit Gulfstream Park for a couple of stakes there. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com. 
the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, Les Instone who is uh, currently located in the Sunshine State. And while he lives 20 minutes from Tampa, I'm going to ask him to go a little farther south right now. And just remind me, Les, because I know that you've got kind of a nice hot pick down there at Tampa, and we want to see how it does in one of the other races. So if I start blabbermouthing at the end of the show, tell me to shut up and give me that pick. Anyhow, okay. <laughs> we're, we're going on to uh, the uh, grade three my charmer, the 33rd running, uh, mile on the weeds. I hope the weather's going to be as good down there as it is in the Tampa area. Um, and as I went through this race trying to handicap it, man, there is a lot of turf talent in here. There certainly is, and I'm picking an upsetter to be the favorite on leave. Uh-huh. Let's hear why and who it is. It is number eight. Uh, Gianna's Dream is my upset, an Oklahoma bred, but this horse loves the turf, a very consistent runner for Mike Maker, and we all know that Mike Maker is very good. He, he just even, scored uh, a win number 2,000 down at Turfway last week. Did he really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, and he's not that and old. Tyler Gapoleon, uh, he brought him out to Remington Park uh, yes. to ride this horse last time out. So we know Tyler's uh, connected with this horse. Absolutely. And it was a very impressive. Uh, again, this is a case where, you know, you've got the, an Oklahoma bred, and they're taking advantage of the Oklahoma program. Uh, that was uh, restricted to Oklahoma breds. But, you know, I know you, we say Oklahoma bred, but let's look on top. He's by Twirling Candy. The Candy Ride line. Candy Ride. Can you say Gunrunner, um, is one of the hottest right now, and he stands for 20000 At least he did when he produced him. He might be a little right. bit higher in his stud fee now. I don't have the stats in front of me for somewhere. I, I saw where he's standing for 30 I could be wrong. But, yeah, while he's in Oklahoma, Brad, he surely is well-bred. And look at his consistency. 17 starts, 9 wins a second, four-thirds for $401,000. That's fantastic. She's only a four-year-old filly, and really, 
except for one optional claimer, I think her last nine races have all been in stakes. Uh, she's got good stalking speed, can go wire to wire. I like this pick at six to one less, but be honest with you, I got to go back to the, the horse you mentioned briefly there, and that is on leave, trained by Suge McGahee, without a doubt, the class of this field. Yes, absolutely, the class. Another one who's very consistent on the turf, uh, three of five at the distance and six out of 13 overall. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And I've got actually 11 those. of 13 in the money. <laughs> Really? I know. I mean, she's a four-year-old filly by Warfront, who, uh, depending on what analytics you used, uh, was the leading sire last year. I believe there's a new buyer system out of which they rank the top thoroughbreds. It's the lead story on the daily racing forum right now. And wow. uh, he actually, yeah, he leapfrogged over Tappet. So Warfront Again, stands for quarter million dollars. I think they pretty much locked his fee in. I read someplace too. So, if, if you're looking to get a deal on Warfront, don't call uh, Claiborne <laughs> Farm because it, it, it ain't happening. But uh, right. I mean, he's obviously uh, you know you've been to the sales and you see the numbers that this horse brings. Uh, but of course, this is a Stewart Janney homebred. Uh, you know, been with uh, Suge forever. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's just really hard. now. But I got to say, I do like your pick. I'm not sure I'm going to put him on top. But Guiana's Dream, you make, you make a, a good point. I'll tell you what, though, Les. Their running styles, if you lay your PPs over top of one another, these two horses are almost identical in their running style. I like to just stay just off the pace or, you know, can be with it. Um, I think Gianna's Dream's got a little bit more speed. But uh, on leave takes a stalking thing. And how about I read Ortiz? If you don't put two bucks on him every race, you're crazy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Unbelievable. And you know he won the, the uh, uh, that Southern Hemisphere race uh, last week. You know, and you know, coming down. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you got to hear that, but uh, boy, Pete Aiello did a great job calling those races. Well. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting any messages from my producer because my computer blew up, so I'm going to guess it's time to move on to the Harlan's Holiday. A horse, you okay. know, is, is a very special place in my heart. I got to see him one of his very first stakes races, the Hoover Stakes, at River Downs many moons ago, and uh, went on to become the all-time leading Ohio bred and really a breed-changing sire, you know, with uh, some of the sons he's had, particularly into mischief. Uh, you know, it just uh, turned out to be a... a very impactful horse on the breed. Of course, his sire, Harlan, didn't live long enough. We don't know what effect he would have had. But this is the Harlan's Holiday. It's a, it's a grade three. It's going to go on the main track, a mile and a 16th. And uh, I, I think that the horses that drew most of my attention were uh, uh, Mr. Jordan, who's coming off a smashing, uh, somewhat recent win. Uh, by 11 and a half lengths, clearly the best. But in his race before that at Parks, he was beat by Paige McKinney, who's in here at 6-1. to one. And then when you say the word Destin, you know, people are, uh, Destin, gee, wh- where do I know that horse? Where do I know the horse? Well, he won the Sam Davis, and he won the Tampa Bay Derby at Tampa. And then he went on to just missed by a nose to creator 
back in the Belmont Stakes. Then he ran third uh, to Leoban and uh, Jim Dandy, and that was a, a, only a, off a mile length. Then I think he got his heart crushed in the Travers. Uh, the horse that won that year was won by the name of uh, Arrogate. <laughs> well, anyhow, after the Travers, Destin didn't run until the following year. Came back in May, has been running optional claimers, then tried the Jockey Club Gold Cup this year, where it ran 16th, and then goes on less to win the Breeders' Cup Marathon at a mile and three right. quarters. Now, we're going a mile and a 16th. Uh, th- then, you know, th- I think they were pretty confident with the horse after that. And uh, uh, Pletcher brought him into the Clark Handicap, was not to happen there. Uh, seeking the soul was just too strong. But it looks like Johnny V's back in the saddle. That one with him on the Breeders' Cup day. So, uh, you know, he's a horse that's got to be feared. And then again, you know, uh, Paige McKenney's done rather well, winning $1.7 million, though. Uh, you know, he, he still runs consistently for a seven-year-old gelding. Who popped up uh, to Les Instone in the Harlan's Holiday at Gulfstream Park? Well, I couldn't get past Destin. He is by far, by far the class of the race. Uh, this is one of those cases, though, where it might be too short for him. <laughs> I know, yeah, but and you know, and don't forget, you know, this is a horse that lost by a nose in the Belmont at a mile and a half. Well, he won't get the uh, the distance he really wants, but he could, uh, you know, shorten up and win this. Uh, but a mile and an eighth is about the shortest he's won. Uh, yeah, uh, at Saratoga in the last August. <laughs> Again, but you know, but you you got you got to give him, uh, you know, the class edge. He's only had two He's races class. at Churchill Downs, and the uh, they're pretty well known. Uh, not only the Clark Handicap, but a race by the name of the Kentucky Derby. So maybe he just doesn't like the footing at Churchill, because uh, other than that, this horse has put in some big races in his career, and Todd Pletcher may have him back on his toes. Of course, Johnny V has already stated in the saddle. So. Uh, Les likes Destin. I like Destin. I think I'm going to put uh, Mr. Jordan and Paige McKinney in some exotics with him. But uh, it looks I'm like we're use, coming uh, into the... Fear the Cowboy. Uh, I do have a star by Fear the Cowboy. I mean, uh, w- when he's a horse for course, loves Gulfstream, and is getting Javier Castellano. All right, and my that's, producer... That's a bonus. Can, that's great. I, my producer is... I can finally see that he's con- reaching out to me. And he's telling me I have a minute left, so... With less Good. instant. Well, then my here, bonus pick got, at Tampa. <laughs> here we go. Let's get the bonus pick. I'm writing this name down because I am going to an OTB over the weekend. Okay. It's a maiden Oop. special weight. Six furlongs on the dirt for two year olds at uh, Tampa Bay. It's race five. Number eight, Fredonia. Trained by Owen Hardy and Daniel Santano is the Tampa's leading rider last year and he's just off to a good start again this year but uh anyway so that's race race five I race some five race right. five and he's the number eight has five winners from five starters including a stakes winner trainers 21 percent in maiden special weights uh the jockey has won four of 14 uh in the last seven days this horse just looks really good in a 10 to 1 I think he'll be more like three to one or seven to two when he goes off. He will now with my thousands of listeners writing this down too. <laughs> All right.
right. Well, Les Instone, it's been a pleasure hearing your voice. Uh, I am definitely, sometime this winter, going to come down and visit uh, my brothers in Florida, and I'll be sure to give you a heads up before I make my way down there so I can impose on you. And I'd like to just say hello to Ed Meyer and uh, hope he's feeling better. Yeah, like I said, he's keeping his spirits up, and that's very important, is keeping a positive attitude right. when you're uh, in that situation. All right, well, that was Les Instone. We're going to take a break. Jeremy Balin, who's been a very busy man over the last week and a half, is going to be joining us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me from the Blood Horse, Jeremy Balin, who's been on the show before. Jeremy, if you were expecting an easy week leading up to the Christmas holidays, you didn't get it, did you? Yeah, this was uh, this has been a pretty trying trying week or so. Um, but uh, um, you know, it's supposed to be the the slow time of year, but unfortunately. Uh, Mother Nature and and kind of when you have plans for certain things, um, you know those plans. Uh, uh, you know they don't really matter to to Mother Nature when you are uh, talking about natural disasters and, and tragedies, and and that's exactly what what's kind of occurred this last last week or so. So hey, um, hopefully now, we're I, turning things around though. On a personal note, are you and your family safe and sound where you live? Oh yeah, yeah. I live in in LA County, um uh kind of in the South Bay area of of Los Angeles, which is uh, you know, pretty <laughs> pretty city-like, not not a whole lot of of uh wildfires around where we live, but um pretty much to the north to the south um there's fires still still going and um 
you know, a lot of people are, are being touched. Not only in, I mean, we're, we're sort of locked into San Luis Rey and what happened there because of the thoroughbred connection, but there's just so many people uh, who have been affected by, by these just terrible, terrible fires in this last couple weeks. Um, so uh, it's just a really awful scene out here in a lot of places. I know. I mean, unless you live in a cave, I've been watching the national news, and it's just gut-breaking to see these people who uh, lost their homes. Now, I'm going to kind of ask you, uh, I don't know if you could do this in 10 minutes, to kind because I've been reading your your stuff's been great, by the way. Your reporting, uh, I mean, the, the story I read yesterday of just the smell of things and the lingering in the air and everything, very descriptive of uh, – the places you've had to go to cover this story. Let's go back to how the fire kind of jumped over and got into the stabling area. Can you describe uh, San Luis Rey to us? So it's it's actually in a pretty uh, horse country-ish area of, of North San Diego County. It's uh, probably a good 20-minute drive from the main artery down to San Diego from L.A., which is I-5. And uh, it's a pretty much a two four lane highway to get there. Um, and, uh, you know, they've been through, they've been through wildfires in the, in the past, uh, in 2014, they were, you know, told to shelter in place and the wildfire happened to not reach them, uh, at that point. So, uh, this one was particularly vicious as a, as a wind wind blown fire. And I think what a lot of people, didn't realize is that you know it's not like one wave these embers blow for miles some sometimes and when you think you're at a safe distance all it takes is an ember or two to hit a particularly vulnerable area and it's right on top of you in an instant um so the reports of people on the ground that day were that it was it was in the distance, and all it took was those the the wind to pick up. Embers hit some of the more vulnerable parts of the palm trees that are around that area, and embers got into the barns. And it just, I mean, some uh, the security guy at at Assembly Ray told me it was seven minutes before the embers hit the palm trees and the and the barns started to go up. So. Um, it just happened so fast. The roads were closed as firefighters were trying to fight it. So there, you know, the vans, the horse trailers that were waiting to evacuate a lot of these horses were, were held back in a lot of spots. And, uh, it was just a recipe for disaster. And, um, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I know, and I mean, I saw some of the, some of the images that some people shot, you know, with you know horses running loose, and I understand that there were there were horses that like ran into, you know, rural parts of California. So, you know, some people were finding horses, didn't know who they were. Other trainers were saying, "Where's my horse?" Because he's not in the stall, he's not dead. I don't know where the heck he is. Uh, I mean, what was for a period there? Was it a sense of mayhem? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, when you're talking about letting thoroughbreds out of their stalls to run free, I mean, that is the 
definition of a last resort. Uh, so the, the horsemen on the ground and the grooms on the ground at San Luis Rey, they didn't really have a whole lot of options at that point. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of horses who died in their stalls. There were a lot of horses who, uh, you know, the risk of letting horses out is that they might injure themselves running around. And that happened. Uh, and a lot of horses were lost that way. So, um, yeah, it, it's just, it was a, it was a tough deal and a tough decision for people to make, but those are the decisions that you have to make in those types of crises. And, you know, a trainer like Dan Dunham, uh, was, he, he told me that they were, they were just, there was two, four horse trailers coming in and they were just throwing horses on vans. They don't know where they were going. They were just getting them in there and getting them out. Right. So, um, that's why it took a little while for everybody to get a handle on just exactly where everybody, all these horses were. And now there's some semblance of organization. I mean, there really is a lot, actually. Pretty much all the horses are accounted for. There are some people who are still holding out hope for some that they consider lost, but um, the California Horse Racing Board has pretty much told those people that, um, you know, they're likely not going to be found. Um, well, uh, c- kind of a, a name that uh, that many people know because of Peb and uh, his son, uh, the French uh, Remy Belloc. I've uh, had him yeah. on the show before. Is there have been any updates on Martine Belloc, who I believe is his sister-in-law? Yeah, she's. Um, I mean, and I can't. I can't state this enough. Martine is one of. A, a few trainers who and horsemen and groups who went into the fire, literally went into the fire to try to save their horses. So uh, she is still hospitalized. Uh, she was under an, an induced coma for a little while. She's out of that, um, but she, you know, half of her body is severely, severely burned. So that that road back to. Uh, health and to being normal again is is a long one. There's there, there there's nothing worse than than burn wounds. I've seen them before. Um, let's uh, you know, kind of, if we can pull a positive out of this, um, look at some of the efforts that have been made for insist, assisting the fire victims. I mean, mattress Mac. Uh, you know, has come out and is is giving bedding to all the uh, you know grooms and, and uh, farmhands that that, that were affected. Um, I, the the Stronach Group and Delmar have set up accounts. Um, what are you seeing on that front? Uh, and is, is there a best one that maybe our uh, listeners could go to to make sure that the money gets to the right places? Yeah, there's all. I mean. There's been a lot of people asking me about what are the best places to send money. There, there are number of, of places, um, but uh, the the heartening aspect of all of this is the response of not only from horsemen who risk their lives to to try to save a lot of these horses, but when I when I drove up to Del Mar Friday morning. 
uh, it was overwhelming how many people were there. Just normal people who, I mean, maybe they knew a lot of these horses, maybe they didn't, but they were just there to help. You, you would have thought there were so many cars in the parking lot, you would have thought, that it was it was a race day, and you know uh, that Friday there were still horses in some pretty bad shape. And every five minutes over the backside PA at Delmar, they'd be asking volunteer veterinarians to run over. And so every five minutes you'd see veterinarians run over to a different barn and different stall. And then five minutes later there'd be a call at another place, and they'd run over that that way. So I think the most one of the most amazing stats that that came out of all of this is that no horses died at Delmar among those evacuated from San Luis Rey. And there were some horses who were pretty severely burned and went through smoke inhalation and were just stressed. You know, colic was a big concern. So um, it was a really great effort to keep all of these horses safe and healthy um, after something like that. I mean, it's just fantastic to see people coming together when a situation like this happens, I know the Thoroughbred Charities of America, they have the Horses First Fund, uh, the Stronach Group, uh, and Santa Anita and Delmar. Uh, have the National put- HBPA is something specific you can do to get horsemen pack. I mean, a lot of these people lost a lot of our everything um, in, in that respect. So there's there's... There's a lot of individual. Sorry to cut you off. There's a lot of individual things that you can do if if you want to specifically um, contribute to a particular cause. Well, you know, I, I know that you, uh, you 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 penned an article the other day. The industry commits to aid following fire at San Luis Rey. Um, I mean, it's hard to ask you what the best is, but what's one of the some of the better ways that people can. can donate during this holiday season to help those people because like you said you know trainers and and people were just totally wiped out i mean you don't think about your webbing and your your saddles and your you know your uh uh halters i mean everything involved in you being able to do your business is gone um so jeremy not to put you on the spot but i mean if uh if you were going to donate which one would you go to uh, unfortunately, this is the kind of a position that it's just not my place to 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 kind of put a, put a judgment on where to send things. You know, I think that all of it is going to help people um, and help horses. Um, the the funds that have been set up, uh, they're pretty well well put out there and well distributed, and I think all of them are worthy causes. Um, uh, the Stronic Group Fund that's been put together with Delmar to to do that. Um, the HBPA, uh, Thoroughbred Charities of America, all of that stuff. And make sure when you do donate to specify that it's that it, you want it to go to San Luis Rey if that's what you want it to go to. Um, right. So, uh, so there are little little fixes like that that can um, that can make sure that money's going to the right spot. Absolutely. I thought it was a class act that Taylor made donating a California Chrome season. I mean, the, you know. It, it's it's just so nice to see the good in people and how it comes out when we all we're all in the same fraternity when something like this happens it's just so great to see people uh, being generous uh, w- with your help and you know I also I, I want to thank you because you've been on top of this story since day one I, I consistently update myself my 
producer's telling me I got to clock out. But uh, Jeremy Bayland from the Blood Horse, uh, I want to thank you for your coverage and your concern and keep up the good work because you're doing a yeoman's job, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Well, we've been talking with Jeremy Balin from the Blood Horse, who's uh, covering the tragedy out on the West Coast. Hopefully, we'll get the boat righted. want to thank Les Instone for updating us on what's happening down in the Sunshine State. And I want to thank you for listening and advise you to go to winningponies.com, pull down your easy win forms, because this is going to be a pretty fun weekend of racing between some of the races at Tampa, Gulfstream and Fairgrounds. Those are the ones that stick out to me. There's some great stakes races in New York. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.